0: For nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, RosieOnTheHouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House.
1: Welcome to hour number four here at Rosie on the House, our weekly radio broadcast. The last hour, the 10 o'clock hour, where we dive deep into a specific area of your home, castle, or cabin. And this week, we're talking all January long, following our 2019 home maintenance calendar, it's projects you can do yourself around the house. And doing the research for this, we said, you know, it's been a long time since we focused specifically on tile, and you think tile flooring, you may think backsplash, you may think bathrooms. But there's a lot more applications for tile, especially as it relates to do-it-yourself, than just those applications And talk about tile. We brought in uh, Joe Fortuna. I was trying to think of, like, you're not the father of tile. You're the maybe <laughs> the... Uh, the uncle of tile. <laughs> Some call me Saltillo Joe. Saltillo <laughs> so, Joe, there we go. Uh, you you own Mexican Tile and Flooring. You've yes. got a location in Phoenix. It uh, used to be, uh, I always passed you when I would go to Fish and Game to pick up hunt rags, but right. uh, they've moved. Y'all are still there on Greenway? On Greenway. Just east of 19th Avenue, north side of the road. North side of the road, get a golf ball every day in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Tucson, you've just moved locations? We did. We
2: moved from just close to the university out to Prince Road exit right off of the I-10, right on the frontage road. And you've owned Mexican Tile for 16 years? 16 years now. We started, well, the company, Mexican Tile Company, was around since the 80s. And then I acquired it in 2003, took full ownership in
1: 2004, and it's been a great ride ever since. When you walk into one of the showrooms, it's mind-boggling all the applications for tile aside from your floors and your backsplash walk through just a couple of things I and mean, all you have to do is mentally put yourself in your showroom and do a 360 and you're going to come up with five or six different applications
2: it literally is jewelry for the house <laughs> so it has so many applications we have so many styles And with the trends, you know, you go from contemporary, you can go to full southwest, somewhere in between, indoor, outdoor,
1: ceilings, you name it. And so far, this has all been an indoor reference. There's plenty of outdoor applications. Oh, lots. Murals for wall
2: settings. Outdoor kitchens are huge in Arizona. So some of these outdoor kitchens are better than the people's indoor kitchens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now... What kind
2: of tools do I need to be a tile setter? Well, to be a tile setter, you need some pretty technical tool- tools. But for the weekend guy or gal, you know, you're looking at simple levels. There's tr- there's trowels for different tile applications, so All supply houses will be able to instruct the client or the the customer what's the proper size trowel because they will vary depending upon the tile that you're doing. You you want uh, rulers, tape measures, chalk lines. Uh, Sometimes uh, obviously it would take two hands, you know, a second person to help with that. If it's a floor application, knee pads? Absolutely. You want knee pads. You want the proper rubber gloves thick enough that they're not going to tear on you and then if you're going to be doing any
1: cutting, you definitely want eye protection. And do you need a wet saw? I mean, I know we can rent those in a homeowner application, but can you? is there another saw I can get away with aside from getting a wet saw out? There are different tools
2: to rent. I would never dry cut a tile and be afraid of chipping the porcelain or the, the glaze on the tile. But there are boards, they're cracker boards. They, they score and crack the tile. So either a dry cut method or the wet saw. But I think the wet saw is the best method. Whenever you have a, a water on the blade and on the tile, it just gives you a much smoother cut, in my opinion. But a lot of tradesmen use these scoring boards because they're fast. And sometimes a weekend person that may not be used to it might do more damage than good
1: (laughs) and sometimes a few of those maybe not so perfect straight cuts will get covered on the floor by uh, baseboard or uh, you know you're going under the the kick plate on cabinets right no one ever notices those little right minor imperfections under there it's
2: always the great debate (laughs) in Arizona do you baseboard first or do you baseboard second and really it depends on the flatness of the tile if your tile is really flat I would baseboard second. It's cleaner, and it might hide a few sins.
1: And when you're talking flat,
2: the finished surface, uh, sateal
1: can be very up and down. Exactly.
2: Some stones
1: are very irregular on the
2: surface. In those situations, consider the thickness of the tile, put the baseboard on first. But on a real flat surface, then put the baseboard on top of the tile. Yes, even some builders now are just going to that method. They're doing so much of that plank-looking tile. so. The tile goes in first, baseboard's in second, and it's a very
1: clean look. How many different types of tile are there? Sateel, porcelain? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the registrar or
2: contractor limits it to ceramic, porcelain, glass, (laughs) stone. (laughs) But there's all kinds. You do. You have the porcelain. You've got the ceramic. The porcelain is a different clay body than the ceramic. Some people just generalize it as glazed tile. You have the terracotta tile, and you have Saltillo falls in that. Your European terracottas fall in that cat category. You have pavers, which are thick tiles. And then you have metal tile, glass tile, and plastic.
1: Plastic. <laughs> plastic, yes. For durability and investment, what price per square foot should I be looking for?
2: Well, that's a tough question because <laughs> the range is great. If you shop and you find a closeout, let's just say for a $1.99 a square foot, that tile could have been a 5 99 square foot. It could be a closeout. And if you're fortunate enough to find that,
1: it's much better than an everyday $1.99. Now, a closeout, which you have to be careful if you don't get the job done, it's usually a discontinued tile line. exactly Or... Uh, five, six years from now If you have some cracked ones it, it, It's a one time install of, if, of material. if it's a one and done situation You
2: always want to get a little extra Closet stock You never know, cracks show up We have lots of cracks in our foundations in Arizona So yes You always want to get a little bit extra And hang on to it But the you can find good tile For wholesale pricing On the open market And it's good Uh, You want to check your dye lots and your shade colors, because these manufacturers run millions of square feet, and the shading does change. And these large retail outlets, they will bring in continuations of the same tile, but if you come back in three months, you may get a different dye lot. So, like you said, you could be adding on, and maybe you do one bedroom, one weekend and next month you're going to do your other bedroom consider buying the whole lot at once because if you're connecting it you may have
1: a little trouble <laughs> <laughs> the manufacturing process for tile how long does that take it's, you I, well before the, <laughs> the rollover uh you know it, it's kind of delayed our tour you're going to take us down to mexico right. to you uh what sounds like a pretty neat neat Family setup that's just expanded over the years. It has.
2: and It has expanded to more than one factory also. The, the tiles that come out of Mexico have artistry. They're truly handmade. The clay bisque is hand-padded. It's, it's put in dryers, then in kilns, and then they're, they're literally painted with glaze. And it's amazing. You may have four artisans sitting at a table you think they were playing cards, but they're literally handing one another the tiles, and each person has a different function. So consider the time of that. You might only get 50 tiles painted in one day. <laughs> now, go to the world of- That's that's old <laughs> world, crap. That's old world, <laughs> but people love it. We love it. Go to modern-day manufacturing, um, modern-day, 20 years now, and it's screen print like an old t-shirt, a a printing press, and these roll out thousands of tiles a day with not hand-painted artistry, it's very clean artistry, but to supply the likes of the big box stores and then all the other tile shops around the country, these manufacturers are pumping out thousands and thousands of square feet a day
1: compared to little shops in Mexico you might get 50. (laughs) And talk through a little bit about the history of that town. It was very fascinating. It started from grandpa and then his brothers, and then it just the family expanded, and so the business needed to. It did. Uh, You know, the the factories that we deal with are in Saltillo. And if people
2: know what Saltillo tile is, it's the terracotta Mexican tile that you see on floors throughout the Southwest. And literally the town is on the clay. So they excavate (laughs) the clay, There's an area of the town where there's literally a river that runs through it, and you drive down into this little valley, and there's hundreds of family excavating the clay. Now, the higher up the hill you are, the better your clay is because the impurities run downhill. So the family we deal with is at the top Top of the hill. hill. (laughs) Literally, they're at the top of the hill, and they own their land, and they excavate it and then they wash it, and then they clean it. And that's where the importance of the the body is, the body of the tile, is that you have to have clean clay, and then from there it goes into a pressing procedure, glazing procedure, and artistry procedure. But yeah, that whole city is...
0: Saltillo. Sounds like organic farming. You know, <laughs> yes. you have to exactly <laughs> right.
1: Well, we'll look forward to getting a tour down there. Would we'll just be de- been delayed a little bit getting there. When when we get back, we'll talk about how the application process for number of different projects that you can do around your house in a weekend here at Rosie on the House, joined by Joel Fortuna of Mexican Tile and Stone, uh, both Phoenix and Tucson locations. Are y'all open on Saturdays? We are from ten to two. So y'all, they're open now they to, are for the next 4 hours and that's a perfect time for that weekend homeowner to get out there and oh it's uh, the be- yeah it's the best time. do some idea mining and figure out the different uh, different applications i mean we're, it's not limited to just your house but furniture as you'd mentioned outdoor kitchens walls ceilings i really liked what you said before i never heard anyone refer to tile as jewelry for the house but it really is <laughs> <laughs> well i i uh, credit a uh, business colleague in
2: the industry for that t- uh, that term <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years, talking tile with Joe Fortuna, and let's get started on the floor. Okay. If there's one thing that burns me out on painting, it's the amount of prep work, but that's nothing if you're going over an old floor on what you need to do for tile. (laughs) (laughs) It's all
2: about the preparation. It's It's an area that a lot of people skip, and then... A month, two, three months down the road, their tile starts coming loose. The grout starts to crack, or their tile starts to crack. You can hear the cat coming from down the hallway. Correct. Preparation is huge. Uh, I have had homeowners actually hire us to, just to do prep work, or if it was in a shower, just to do the stall and waterproof it
1: for them, and they do the tile work. All the things to consider if you're going over an old floor. If you're pulling up carpet, you've got the glue that's got to come off from the padding underneath. Right. You, the tack strips, you can't just ignore those. Even no. though you're putting grout on top later, grout's not made to be a hole filler. Correct. And you, the, the levelness. A carpet can hide a lot of uneven things in the floor. Even your eye uh, won't pick up. But you start trying to match flat tile together and get a flat surface. Uh, just the the, the smallest of an eighth of a sixteenth of an inch potholes start becoming problems. Like, why aren't these corners matching up? You don't think that you may not notice that with your eye, but you'll find that with your toe in the middle of the night. (laughs)
2: That's very true. In the middle of the night, pulling up carpet, sometimes you see things you wish you had not. In a lot of homes, doors are painted in carpeted areas. That lacquer paint has to be removed. Because thinset will not stick to it. You will find cracks. I haven't had a house in Arizona yet in 30 years where there wasn't a crack in the area that we
1: wanted to tile. So you have to treat the cracks. And there's aesthetic cracks that just all do the spider line cracks. But at what point do I need to worry about putting a, an expansion pad over the top of a crack?
2: I treat all cracks. Now, okay. there's different ways to do it. First, if your crack is not level one side to the other, if you've had a foundation movement, so one side of the crack is a 16th or an 8th higher than the other, you really should flatten it. And and there are grinding tools that you can do that, at least to get your patch, your membrane, to sit flat. And it depends on the size of the tile. So if you have a 6-inch tile, you can go with a 12-inch netting. If you have a 12-inch tile, you want to go with a 16 or an 18-inch netting. If you have a 24-inch tile, sometimes we have to put nettings together, get up to 36 inches wide. And the idea is is that you have to have this tile isolated from that crack because it's not a matter of if or or when it's going to happen. If you have the spiderweb cracks that look like a spiderweb, there's roll-out membranes that you literally can roll on. And that kind of keeps those cracks at bay. The other thing it does, too, is if you are in an area with a high water table, it keeps the moisture from coming through. And on certain stone floors or clay floors, if moisture comes up from the ground, it could distort the finish or the sealer or the grout color.
1: And when you're talking about fixing your crack before you put tile over, the bigger the tiles, the harder it is to to set them. Yes, you have to
2: use thicker thinset. So you're actually using a medium bed mortar technically for anything that has one side bigger than 15 inches. A lot of people don't know that. They'll use a standard grade thinset for a 18 by 18 tile when they should be using a a heavier grade thinset. Those adhere to the membranes. And then there are some membranes that also those companies sell the set. So if you're going to a store, try to get the same membrane and thinset from the same manufacturer, your warranties will work much better. You wouldn't put a Chevy
1: uh, gas pump into a
2: Ford (laughs) or vice versa. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. That's right. So preparation is huge. You want to clean the floor, no dust. You want to treat the cracks. You want all the paint off of the floor. You're never going to get the floor level, but we shoot for flat. So if you have a straight edge and you're using a, a very, very flat tile, you at least want your subfloor to be flat. And to achieve level doesn't always happen, but achieve flatness and you would be okay.
1: When you're talking about flatness, so you could have like a slope down towards one end Well, angle. you're allowed a certain allowance,
2: you know, a concrete manuf- uh, concrete. Installers, you know, when they pour their concrete, they're allowed, you know, they're allowed certain allowances, and we follow those. So we generally don't level floors unless somebody really wants it leveled, and that's a whole different preparation thing.
1: And there's, like, uh, I'm trying to remember, the Ardex, I think, is what comes to mind. Ardex is a great product. And that's just a a real thin cement-based product you mix up and you just pour out in buckets, and it's thin enough and water seeks its own level. That's correct this whole area settles, but you can't put it on in thick applications, no. you know, it's not designed to level a two inch <laughs> slope. There are some newer app, new products, newer products that will have a thicker application,
2: but generally you're doing it in thinner pours. And back in the 80s when we
1: were doing shiny polished marble, we leveled a lot of floors because it was so shiny. And the importance of it being flat is when you pick the trowel up with your grout on it, and you put it on the back of the tile, the, it's designed to apply the same level of grout on every stroke. So when you, if you're not putting it on a flat surface, that's where your your la- overlaps come in. Well, the, the grout comes later, but the thin set, the thin set, the thin <laughs> set. Okay, the thin set that goes on the bottom and top. <laughs> right. We'll talk about the difference between thin set and grout <laughs> right after this. Jumping right back into our tile conversation with Joe Fortuna of Mexican Tile and Stone, and you had made the point. I, I had said grout, <laughs> grout comes later. The thin set is what adheres the tile to the floor. Talk yes. about that proper application. And, and and back up to the tool that I was trying to describe. It you picture a mason's trowel, and it's got a very straight edge. A tileman's trowel, it it's looks rectangular. Like, mm-hmm. And there's there's notches on two sides. And those notches are for.
2: It's for when you comb the thin set to either the tile or the floor. And generally, most people do it to the floor. As you push the tile down, it releases the air. And it allows the thin set to flatten out.
1: And when you say comb, it looks like a comb because of the lines. It looks exactly like a you comb. And you've got to do the floor and the tile. It's recommended to do the floor and
2: then. On a flat tile, you can use the flat side of the trowel and just call it prime the back of the tile. So you're putting a thin application on the tile, you've got the full combed application to the floor, and then you'll press the two together and push the tile into the bed of mortar on the floor. And that as you press it down, you allow the air to escape
1: and you compress the thin set, the bed of the thin set mortar. Now when you're doing a floor, you always start in the middle. Well, not
2: always. That is uh, that change. That's to- tech. That's textbook. Yes,
1: generally you'll start in the middle and work your way. But and that way, when you get to the edges, what you cut if, on the left side of yes. the if you're doing a 12 inch tile, mm-hmm. and you've got to cut. To get to the edge of the wall, you've got six inches on this side and six inches on the right side, not a full tile on this side and a half-cut tile against the wall on the other side.
2: Absolutely. If you're limited to doing a bedroom or a bathroom, yes. Okay. If you're considering connecting this tile to a hallway or an entry or a foyer, generally, because bedrooms get furnished, we will let the foyer or the hallway be balanced let that pattern roll into the bedroom and then the bedroom it is what it is.
1: It may be a little upside about the time the bed and the dresser and the right draperies right and the closet doors. Right. You're never going to know. Well, a tile installer will notice. <laughs> <laughs> Most customers aren't going to be sitting there uh and even if you do notice you're not going to think anything of it probably. Right. Right. So
2: generally the, the when it when somebody's doing a, a bigger area, consider all the the areas first because if you're going to make the pattern roll into different rooms, consider your focal points first. But if you're doing the bathroom or the bedroom and that's it and you have carpet in the other areas, start in the center.
1: Larry Hauptman, I'm sure you knew him from, yes. from the day. he sure. He took me to a meeting that was a joint meeting between the uh, Ceramic Tile and Stone Association Right. And the a concrete association. Well, those are always interesting meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and the consensus of that one is that the tile guys were complaining because the post-tension and concrete, they say, makes it wavy. Have you noticed that at all? It's true. It depends on the time of the year. At it depends the... how fast the guy floats the floor. Post-tension yes. was new enough. They were still trying to say, ah, no, 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 that can't be. So you, you
2: do have the waves. The nice thing about post-tension is it's supposed to eliminate the cracks mm-hmm. as opposed to a standard you know, slab, on grade. slab on grade or monopore or whatever. If you have the waves and you even out the waves and, and generally that Ardex feather finish that you mentioned earlier is great for filling in waves. Okay. It's a fast process, it's part of that prep we were talking about and if you have a, a saltio tile that can absorb the wave because you're gonna bury it in a half-inch of set mortar, I wouldn't worry, because saltio is an irregular tile. Not all corners are going to be the same flatness, but if you have a lot of plank floors today you may want to consider filling in those waves first.
1: So, we've got our comb down on the floor. We've got the thin set on the back of the tile. You, how do you keep those lines so perfect for your grout? Most people use spacers, mm-hmm. okay? Little plastic, L- little crosses. plastic crisscross. And they're great. But now, don't live and die by the spacers. And when you are trying to push the air out on the comb, Sometimes you can start perfectly on the spacer, and it's like you start pushing it. It's kind of slid out, and then you try and slide it back to the right spot. And you're like, "It's not level now." And you got to take it up and recomb it. You know, yes, this is this this will happen the first eight or twelve times tiles you try and set.
2: <laughs> and that's why you don't want to put too much thin set first. And when you do the thin set, the reason why the trowel is the size it is, you have to have the right size trowel for the right size tile. So most ceramic, you're going to use either use a quarter inch or a three-eighths. For saltio, or bigger stone floors, you're into a half-inch trowel. If you're setting pavers that are three-quarters of an inch thick or better, you're into a three-quarter inch trowel. So for most people, you're going to be using a, a quarter-inch notch trowel. And that's why when you put it down, even comb. So every time you comb the floor, you want to be at the same angle. And then you smooth coat the back of the tile. At least you're consistent. And generally, people are going to put the tile down, several tiles down. Then they'll put in their spacers. But my comment about not living and dying by the spacers, you should always have reference lines. So you want to snap a line north, south, east, west, at least every couple of three feet. And this way you're holding true so you're not wandering off. And then you wind up with one-inch cut on one side and the six-inch cut on the other. And your lines are gradually going off kilter. So the combination of That's spacers, when you blame the framer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> ah, I must have been the way they done this wall. <laughs> That's true. I hear that, believe it or not. So the combination of snapping lines, making some grids. And then using the spacers
1: for the infill is a perfect combination. Now, here's the hardest part for homeowners. You get done setting your tile. Then you backfill your grout. Right. How long do you stay off the tile before you can use it again? Well, there are products, if you're doing a small
2: area and you're in a hurry, you can use a fast set. So if you have a... A three-by-three bathroom floor, a very small bathroom floor. You could set it in the morning, have lunch, and grout it in the afternoon. But that's not really sensible on a bedroom because the fast set's expensive. So if you use a standard thin set and you do your bedroom, you're going to spend the Saturday, maybe clean it up Friday night, and you start fresh on Saturday. You have to let it sit overnight,
1: and you're grouting it on Sunday. And then once it's grouted... I don't know if this has changed but we were always told to keep off it three weeks before you seal the grout. Because the 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 walking on it and the you right. know, that's just gonna start building up you uh, everything on top of the grout and the more that's built up on top and you seal it the worse the seal is going to be and you try and keep it like a sterile dust-proof environment for three weeks before you grout it or before you seal the grout and then you can walk on it well good thing for technology (laughs) and yes when I didn't have gray hair that's the way we did it
2: so there are several different grouts on the open market now there is standard grouts up to what they call power grouts and each grout has a different function But you can get grouts now that are stain resistant, mold resistant. You can get a grout sealer. Some companies claim that you can grout it within 24 to 72 hours. And as long as the grout is not mottled and the color looks correct and you're buying a company's product that says yes, you can use it in a certain time period. you got to read the label. Some are water-based products, some are solvents. It's okay to seal it in the time frame that the manufacturer recommends because, after all, everything falls on manufacturer's specifications.
1: And that's what they are going to use if there's ever an uh, issue where it's coming up before right. warranty.
2: Right. What did the manufacturer suggest? And that's usually where, where it always falls back on.
1: proper prep, Proper install, proper sealing. How long... I mean, obviously the number of people, the number of animals, and the number of parties you have. But, I mean, can I expect a 15-year life out of a tile? Can I expect a 30-year life out of a tile? I've walked into some places, and it seems like the tile was as old as the home that was put there 100 years ago. <laughs> I've been in homes in central
2: Phoenix that have been tiled for 60 years. Amazing some of them are still in perfect condition. It's all about the installer. It really does pay to pay a professional but a tile installed properly is going to last forever it literally will it literally will there's i have no doubt about that styles change and that's why we replace tile
1: (laughs) i remember uh chipping hammering up a sateel patio that was like 1800 square feet you poor guy and (laughs) you know what you know what they put back on top of that? What and, and this job this job the, the tile itself was only about eighteen years old. And they had us demo this entire eighteen hundred square foot uh tile and they put back on top sateal tile. Different pattern? They just wanted to, they wanted, wanted to, it new. new. Good for you, yeah. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come to think of it, that's, that's been probably about 22 years now. I should go check in on them. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time for an update. <laughs> if you seal interior
2: floors, I've seen saltillo floors 50 years, as long as it's maintained properly. Same
1: goes for the outside. Oh, the Sulteo, my grandparents' is, was in the 70s, and it's still all original, and it really does not date the home. No, and,
2: and believe it or not, patterns are coming back. There's different shapes, different sizes. In our Saltillo line, we even have a wood plank lookalike. So the, the floor does change with times. The clay body is the same, but the patterns, the arrangements, it's all how you arrange it. If you have a great designer, it's a great product. It's a great product if you don't have a great designer. I'm I'm kind of partial to it, but it's a great product for for all different
0: styles. It really is. Now, is, to this point, all we've been- Is there a proper way to seal grout? Yes. Um yeah, <laughs> I when I was uh, cuz I I've done my floor. I've done it all by myself. Took about 6 weekends. I just took my time with it. But I picture myself on my knees with a bottle going down the grout lines like right. that. Okay? And I'm going, I don't know if this is proper or not. It is. Okay. It is. Could you use a paintbrush? Yes. And brush it on, too? Yes, you can. Okay.
2: But then you got to do the wax on, wax off thing, because you you don't want to leave the sealer on the glaze of the tile. So as you brush it, you give the sealer an opportunity to soak into the grout, three, four minutes. Then you just come back, and you just kind of hand buff the area. And it's actually a better way to do it, even with the sponge roller. It's okay because some people will just take a sponge mop to the whole floor, mm-hmm. and then the floor gets tacky because they
0: can't get the sealer all the residue all off of the floor. So yes, I think you're right. And if you see my floors, you'll see the spots <laughs> where I made mistakes. And
1: up to this point, all we've been talking about is on top of concrete, but you can put uh, there's tile on countertops, and right. that's over a wood sub. Uh, surface when we're doing it against the walls. Right. So we'll come back and talk about the application of getting tile off of concrete and onto other uh, solid surfaces to finish up because you know, a, a butcher block right, makes a beautiful countertop. It's a stable foundation. A, <laughs> a, a three and a half sheets of OSB does not make a great finished product for, no. No. for a countertop. No. So we'll talk about how to dress it up with tile here at Rosie on the house. <laughs> All right, Joe. Let's talk about tile on top of wood. you okay. obviously the thin thinset doesn't adhere to the wood. So how do we prep a wood surface, whether we're making a, a tile countertop in the kitchen or in our uh, laundry room, wh- wherever the case may be, bathrooms, or we're going on to uh, well, well, we'll showers. We'll keep completely aside. Let's <laughs> yes, onto wood. Some thinset manufacturers will allow their product. It's
2: a special product to go over wood. It has to be the most stable wood you'd have, you've ever seen. And in Arizona, wood moves a lot. So for that reason, we prefer not to glue direct wood. So there are fiber boards, cement boards. There's actually uh, glue down membranes, peel and stick membranes. So there's a lot of applications to cover the wood. So it's, in my opinion, a smart idea to cover that wood. And back 10, 15 years ago when... Mortar, thick mortar applications were done in kitchens. That was a specialty trade. You know, a guy would come in, he'd roll out the paper, roll out the wire, put a bunch of mud on your countertop, and by the end of the day, it looked like a countertop. A weekend individual couldn't do that process. But now with the the cement boards and the fiber boards,
1: a weekend person can definitely do a countertop. And that goes to the prep. It's not just putting the board on there and putting a couple nails in. There's no, got to be – there's specs to that. There so is. a certain amount of nails per size of sheet. Yes. You have. Some of them even have, like, the nail hole designed into in – the board. Board, so you don't yes. put a nail here. <laughs> right.
2: You want a good wood foundation. I always like three-quarter exterior grade wood if you could find it. And then you put the board to that. And the Internet's great because all of this prep information – is available from the manufacturer on the internet. And a lot of these boards even come with the directions, so just don't peel off the label and throw it away. Read it. (laughs) It, it, There's good stuff on that.
1: Now, uh, and I said nailed. Is that standard, uh, a a grip-tight nail, or do we see a lot of screw applications? They recommend the screw, a couple of different types, and
2: generally because we're in a a damp environment, they'll want a, a screw that's not going to corrode. We're in a damp environment? Kitchens, bathrooms. The okay. environment we create inside the, our that, house. Yes, yeah. the ones
1: we create. <laughs> yes. It's a dry heat. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was hearing that right. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you clarified that. And this process also applies to second floors or if your home uh, is on a, a crawl space. Yes. And it's got a, a wood... On surface with tile on top, absolutely. The same thing applies, and right to both of those applications. That's right. You gotta conf- you
2: gotta figure. You know, by the time you furnish it, or you know, you put water in your tub, and that floor has a lot of water weight in the tub, and people walking in and out. Yes, uh, that floor is going to move, no doubt about it. So. Having a uh, membrane or a cement board first and then your tile, it adds strength, and that's what you're looking for.
1: And the application is still the same on the tile? You comb the surface, the, the hardy backer, or the cement yes. board, the fiber board, right. and you comb your tile?
2: Right. So you would, you would view your, your cement panel the same as a concrete panel.
1: It's when we get to shower surrounds. When you want to talk about a wet environment, there you go. That's right. Rainforest in the house. I rarely discourage people from at least trying to do it yourself, but man, imagine trying to live without a shower, and especially if you mess it up and you've got to start all over. And that's one that's worth the, the penny for a, a professional. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> if, if if you if you
1: have the courage, do
2: a down, do a, a ground floor shower first the one that one you don't use <laughs> <laughs> showers are technical uh the waterproofing is like a roof you you really need to pay attention in that situation to the preparation 110 percent because you have to have the drain right you have to have the pitch to the drain y- y- you know a lot of people go with curbless showers now and they'll they'll call them uh, curbless entries you know And you have to have a certain pitch to your drain, so you can't just bust out a a shower built in the 90s that the drain wasn't low enough and put in a curbless shower because
1: actually you're technically not to code. So there is a lot to a shower. Some other applications you may not have thought of tile. Uh, On our pools, from the the plaster inside to the decks, there's always a tile border. Always. Furniture, a lot of tile, uh, tabletops. Yes, Yes. You were talking about the decorative from four different uh, paint artisans that right. are all working on the same piece of tile. You know, that's, that's a decorative piece for, for, for furniture. Yes,
2: we do a lot of tables. They hold up very well out in the elements, and they're beautiful.
1: Mexican Tile and Stone, owner Joe Fortuna has been joining us all hour talking about the proper application for tile. Uh, If you need a little idea on something that you you may not even know that tile is what you're looking for to update or change something in your home, stop into one of the showrooms, peek around. We're at 2036 West Greenway in Phoenix.
2: And that is 19th Avenue and Greenway in between 19th Avenue and, and the I-17, so north-central Phoenix, I guess, if you want to call that. And in Tucson, we're off the Prince Road exit,
1: just off the I-10. I think earlier on Phoenix I said east of 19, but you're west of 19, east of 23rd. Yes. Sorry yes, about that. That's <laughs> right. So.
2: We always tell people, look for the big blue wall. We're between
1: 19th Avenue and and the I-17 on Greenway Road. That wraps up Do-It-Yourself projects for the month of January. Join us next Saturday as we start February all about plumbing, starting off with water heaters. Stampede Plumbing will be in studio with us, tankless, uh, marathon. Or traditional old tank water heaters and the maintenance, the care, how to do it yourself. And till then, if you have questions, it's rosieonthehouse.com. And be thankful for the God above you, those beside you, and the life before you.